This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. All right, welcome back to Main Corpse. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. And today we have got a local hot dog joint. I've been wanting to get to for a little while. It's never been the right time. Today was the right time because it's cloudy and rainy outside and this was easy and on the way. So that's what we went with today. So we have hometown hot dogs from Grafton, um, Grafton, West Virginia. You guys should know that by now, but I'll say it anyway. And we also have a story that is sort of local. It's got local ties. I'll leave it at that. So where do you want to start with the food? So here's, do you want to explain what we have? Yeah. So we've got mild and hot hot dogs with everything on it. And what that means in our area, for those of you who do listen to us and aren't here, is um, hot dog chili, mustard, onions, and I think that's everything, right? That's everything. Yeah. yeah. In southern West Virginia, they would throw some slaw on top of that bad boy. I didn't bring any because I just wasn't in the mood for it today for the first time in a long time. You mean so, ever. Yeah. First time <laughs> ever. Um, so... Where do you want to start? You want to start with the regular first? That's what I'm thinking, the mild, and move yeah. our way up. Absolutely. Pepperoni roll last? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We also got a pepperoni roll. So did you know that they use a very specific size hot dog for local joints like ours? I did not know that. Please explain. That's interesting. So, yeah. So it's long and skinny. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember the exact ratio, but when I worked for Cisco, we didn't carry that size. Because really? it's not a common thing anywhere else and cisco was located in pittsburgh okay and did everywhere so it was something like i tried to get in on tnls because Mm -hmm. i was a salesperson it's what i did we didn't have the size really Mm -hmm. Hmm. so what do you think um it's good it's a nice steamed bun i love a good steamed bun Mm -hmm. or a grilled bun grilled buns grilled buns amazing yeah i saw a place down in southern west virginia that's doing it on hawaiians king rolls um, that are, yeah, King's Hawaiian rolls that are split and then grilled, and then they put the hot dog in it. Um, why haven't we been there? It's called, like, Beer House Hot Dogs or something. Saw it today, so we might want to try them. Um, I'm going to look into it more, but it looked good. Never forget, there's that place in Pittsburgh that I have to take Yeah, to. we need to try that, too. Yeah, you keep talking about that one. So, the sauce is a little sweet. I don't mind it that way. Um, I think it has a really good consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hot dog itself is what you expect around here. It's a it's a it's a boiled dog. Um, like you said, steam gun. What do you think they do with all the hot dog good. water? Throw it out. Hopefully. <laughs> I hope. All right, try the hot one now. Yeah, definitely. I was about to complain about it, and it hits you, and then the heat hit me. I was like, yep. "This is this is nothing." Yeah, it is hot. It's not hot, hot. No, it's um, a nice like red yeah. pepper kick. Yeah, that's a that's how I get them. The really mm-hmm. good hot dog with the hot sauce. Yeah, I think that the chili is better with a little bit of heat because of the sweetness. Correct. It cuts the sweetness because again, where I grew up, the hot dog sauce was more spicy, mm-hmm. less sweet. Like it it tasted more like like chili, honestly. I really like that. The hot is where it's at. I can oh, eat 100%. that all the time. Um all right, and I got mixed on the pepperoni roll. Okay. So for the pepperoni roll, they they cut it open, and I had them put nacho cheese and uh, and mixed sauce in it. And that so, is stick pepperoni. It is stick pepperoni. Yes. All right, let's go. That's a good pepperoni roll. That's that's the bomb. <laughs> that's really good. 
I like that bread. I like that pepperoni. Mm-hmm. I think the pepperoni's spicy enough that having it mixed was probably the way to go. Correct. I always do it mixed with their... Uh, again, I've had them before a lot. Uh, Brittany actually used to work there. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, we that's where she worked when we were dating in high school. So mm-hmm. I would go in there and get freebies all the time. Ty, sorry if you're hearing this. Um, but delicious pepperoni roll. Um, mm-hmm. The bread is kind of like Italian bread. Yeah, it's a nice, yeah. soft, white bread. Mm-hmm. Um, close to Italian, not as chewy. Yeah. Um, but also not like a soft, like, is it daisy bread? Yeah. Is that like what a, I'm thinking like a of? White, like a white sunbeam or daisy bread or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Sunbeam was what I was looking uh-huh. for. That stuff is like, Oof. it's so soft, I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really, it's a great consistency. Um, if you're listening, add more pepperoni. Mm-hmm. I'll pay more money for that. Um, <laughs> that said, it's a personal preference as far as the pepperoni roll mm-hmm. goes. It's We should have had it in our contest. I, I think theirs are made to fill. Does that make sense? Theirs mm-hmm. really isn't made to just pick up and eat it like a pepperoni roll. They do it more like a pepperoni bun where they want to cut yeah. it open and add stuff to it. You can add all sorts of stuff. When it's me, I normally do nacho cheese, mixed sauce, onions, and I even sometimes put some coleslaw in there. And it's okay. really good. Um, it makes it more like a sandwich. And uh, the price, I think it's like four bucks. For That's totally worth it. That was a big roll. roll. Mm-hmm. Like we forgot to take pictures, but I will be back here and I'll get pictures of it then. Hey, um, Ty, if you're see. listening, send us pictures. Yeah, send some pictures. So yeah, it's it's an amazing hot dog place. It's a really good lunch counter. Um, if you're in the area, their prices are unbeatable. I got a dozen hot dogs, um, and a pepperoni roll with the extras and everything for like twenty bucks. Oh, that's that's too good. It's a steal. It's an yeah. absolute self. If you buy 10 or more, the mm-hmm. hot dogs are like a buck 30. I mean, it's really cheap. Yeah, even even like the local T&Ls mm-hmm. and stuff have gone up. Correct. So they're still so. Um, awesome. Their coleslaw is really good. So today, we are going to, like I said, cover sort of a local case um, that had much more nationwide repercussions. Oh, wow. So I am not covering a cult. For the first time in a while. Um, I do that a lot. I understand that. If you guys listen, um, you know. And I'm not covering a super historical um, serial killer either. I am covering one from 1980s Florida. But the story starts right here in West Virginia. So let's go ahead and get to that. I do want to put this out there. If you were listening and you wanted to hear the review of the delicious hot dogs and pepperoni roll we just had and you are triggered, now would be a good time to walk away. Um, I'm going to give you a trigger warning for a couple things. Um, We are going to talk extensively about a rapist. Uh, We are going to talk extensively about someone who abducts and kills young women. Um, And we're also going to be talking extensively about um, bullying uh, and what leads to someone becoming a serial killer. I read a quote, and I can't remember who it was from, about the person we're about to talk about, who said he might be the perfect archetype for the type of person who becomes a serial killer. And I think you'll understand why. Okay. We are going to be talking about Bobby Joe Long. Have you ever heard of Bobby Joe Long? I probably went to school with one. Okay. So, to give you a little background before we get started... Robert Joseph Long was born October 14th, 1953, in the small town of Canova, West Virginia, to Joe and Luetta Long. He was born with a condition that caused his body to produce um, 
extreme amounts of estrogen, which resulted in him developing some feminine traits. One trait that was well pronounced to everybody was the growth and development of breasts. So growing up as a little boy, um, he developed breasts. Um, he was teased. I can see where that would be an issue. He was teased extensively um, to the point where some people close to him said he became suicidal at a very young age due to the bullying that he had to put up with um, because he uh, he was very different from other boys. Um, he ended up having a breast reduction surgery in his adolescence to fix that issue um, and and went on to lead you know a pretty normal childhood. Um, or as normal as he could possibly get. Um, Long had an extremely odd and dysfunctional relationship with his mother. He slept in her bed until he was a teenager um, and reportedly resented her many boyfriends and one-night stands that she brought home with her when she was returning home late from her night job. So they lived in um, a small one-bedroom apartment Mm-hmm. And again, he slept in the same bed as her, told some stories later on of some things he saw with these one night stands that his mother would bring home. She later she on. She didn't have the decency to like put him in the living room or I don't know, do it in the living room. I don't know the extent of it because it got very disturbing for me reading it. I mean, when I say disturbing, guys, I mean it. It really was. I almost it's something I would cover. Not covering this because it got so intense. Um, his mother would later dispute his claim that he was fortunate. He was for sorry. His mother would later dispute his claim that he was forced to witness her sleeping with several different men while they lived in a small one bedroom apartment. And again, you're already starting to see. I, I guess what you could call the bedrock for someone to be very disturbed. Um, especially later in life. And what's wild here is it gets even worse for for Mr. Long. Um, Aside from the problems and issues that we already covered, Long also suffered a series of severe head injuries beginning at the age of five. He was knocked unconscious in a fall from a swing, one eyelid becoming skewered by a stick. Oh, Jesus. The following year, he was thrown from his bicycle, crashing headfirst into a parked car. Um, Injuries included loss of several teeth and a severe concussion. At age seven, he fell from a pony directly onto his head, remaining dizzy and nauseous for several weeks after the accident. So he was concussed and didn't get any treatment. Correct. I have so many questions for his mom. Me too. Because it's... it's, Like, even back in the day, like, I have so many questions for his mom. Mm Mm-hmm. At age 13, Long would meet the woman who would later on become his wife. um, And shortly after that, gave up sleeping with his mother. So at age 13, he met a girl. She, it seems like, convinced him to stop sleeping with his mother. Various accounts agree that he was dominated Uh, by his girlfriend almost from the moment that they met, but his mother also maintained control over him, and the two women in his life cooperated rather than competing for control over the young man. They basically teamed up to domineer him to the point where he would be seen, like, crying and going into, like, convulsions and things like that. This is so absurd to me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Long enlisted in the army just prior to marrying his wife. I'm not going to mention her name in here um, just because I don't want to get in some legal trouble because apparently there's still some back and forth in this one. So we'll leave that Fair alone. Fair enough. Um, so Long enlisted in the army just prior to marrying his wife, um, but he crashed his motorcycle six months later, shattering his helmet uh, with the impact of his skull on the asphalt. So again, very unlucky with Okay, faults. listen, this man seems to have a lot of quote-unquote accidents. Mm-hmm. Some say that this is when Long became um, obsessed with sex and became a sexual deviant. Um, shortly after his motorcycle accident, um, it's reported that while he was in his cast, he began to compulsively masturbate despite having intercourse with his wife, um, who he married in 1974, twice a day. Um, when this was not enough, he started seeking other avenues to, to fulfill his needs and he filed for divorce from his wife in 1980. So before we get into the next part, guys, again, this is where it is going to become massively triggering. So please, if you have triggers, um, be warned. Now would be a good time to to kind of back off. Go listen to a different episode of Matt's that doesn't sound like one of mine. Correct. Because I went full on Kelsey and my next two episodes are just as Kelsey. So... Be ready. This is hysterical because yeah. the one I've been working on is so matte, it's painful. I know. We're switching places for, <laughs> for a little while, all right? Before Bobby moved to Florida, because that's where he would that's where he would finally end up at, um, he moved to Long Beach, California for a lot for a little while, where he rented a room from a woman named Kathy. Bobby attended an underwater welding course while dating a 17-year-old girl who lived across the street from the room that he rented. Bobby began contacting women through a penny saver magazine and other classified ads. And when he would find the women alone, um, he asked to use the bathroom and took out what he described as a rape kit before brutally raping and robbing the women. He was never prosecuted for those crimes, even though he was arrested for them. I'm sorry. This isn't uh, like no one's telling anybody. This is a situation where... They're just not doing anything about it. I'm not going to go into too much detail because a lot of detail um, exists on this. And I want to get to um, the rest of the story. But uh, that is not the first time he would get away with this. I'm just um, going to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we know the police were corrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> Long moved to Fort Lauderdale, Ocala, Miami, and Dade County where he continued his um, work, I guess is what you would call it, committing at minimum 50 rapes. Now are these, this is a really stupid specific question. These are rapes that he has admitted to or rapes that they proved he did, rapes that were reported? We'll get to that in just one second. All right, sorry. Um, Long started uh, in 1981 answering classified ads for small appliances. And again, if he would find the woman alone at home, he would rape her. Um, he was tried and convicted for rape in 1981. So he was tried and convicted but requested a new trial, which was granted, and the charges were dropped. How? Again, this gets so much worse that I don't have time to go into how he got around this, 
But if you would like to go look this up, I may consider doing a part two. Just all I'm saying, him. Matt, is you could have had a part two here for me. That's all I'm saying. Right. Um, yeah. So let's get to um, let's get to the next part. Long moved to the Tampa area in 1983. As you can see, his M.O. is commit a horrible crime, get away, commit horrible crimes, get away. Right. It's kind of his M.O. here. Um, Long moved to the Tampa area in 1983. Hillsborough County had been averaging somewhere between 30 to 35 homicides per year in the 1980s. In 1984, that rate rose sharply. Of course it did. During one eight-month period, a killer who was described as having a unique, uh, uh, sorry, who was described as having a unique method of binding, raping, and killing his victims, then dumping them in unusual positions and poses, was averaging a murder every other week. The first victim was discovered in May of 1984 when the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department was called to a crime scene where the body of a nude woman had been found. An investigation into the abduction, rape, and murder of at least 10 women in three counties in the Tampa Bay area, specifically Hillsborough, Pasco, and Pinellas, um, was now underway involving the personnel from the FBI, the Tampa Police Department, um, and the Pasco County Sheriff's Office, as well as the, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. The bodies were found um, usually long after the murder in a state um, of decomposition, dumped near a rural roadside and dragged into the woods. He's realized that no one can tell on him if there's no witnesses. Yeah, and I, I don't know why he was worried about anyone telling on him to begin with. He he literally went on a rampage, raping dozens of women and just got away with it. So why would he ever think he was going to get caught Because he wasted time in jail. Just, just wild. Um, <clears throat> oh, my God. In 1984, Long was on probation for assault, but began driving around areas known for prostitution and bars where women were often found alone. This is where he would hunt for victims. He claimed his victims approached him, after which he would persuade them to enter his car and take them to an apartment. There, he would bind his victims with rope, and ligature collars he fashioned using a variety of rope knots, later confessing that he derived sadistic pleasure from abduction, rape, and brutally murdering his victims. Some he would strangle, others he would cut the throats or bludgeon to death. The bodies were placed in unique positions, or as he would put it, displayed as an example, with their legs splayed five feet apart at odd angles. Of Long's ten known victims, five were identified as prostitutes, two were exotic dancers, one was a factory worker, one was a student, and one um, had an unknown occupation. Um, Long was arrested on November 16, 1984, and charged with the sexual battery and kidnapping of Lisa McVeigh. So I'm going to take a moment... And I'm going to talk about Lisa McVeigh a little bit here because, again, I don't want to focus so much on the killer in this case. I want to focus a lot on Lisa McVeigh um, okay. because she is one bright, shining point to this story. 
that I think will give us all a lot of hope because again, this is not an easy one to cover. Um, so I apologize to everybody. I'm not used to doing these. So I'm starting to get a little amped up about this one. Cause it quite honestly, it pisses me off that this man got away with this for as long as he did. Um, so he was charged with the sexual battery and kidnapping of Lisa McVeigh. Um, McVeigh walked away alive after he abducted her and raped her for 26 straight hours. Are you kidding me? She was riding her bike to her grandmother's house when she was abducted. She managed to get away after 26 hours where she returned home to her domineering family who did not believe what she said and continued to brutally beat her for about five hours before they realized her story was not changing and finally allowed her to call the cops. You know what? I'm going to say it. I hate the 80s. So do you want to know some good news? What's that? Later in life, shortly after graduating, um, Lisa decided to become a police officer. Good for and her. she still serves in the police. Um, she went on to tell her own story, to be an advocate for people who survive encounters like this. Um, and when they decided to make a movie about her story, she was adamant that she wanted to screen it before she allowed other people to see it, to make sure that it was as accurate as possible and told the true story. That is so amazing. So go Lisa McVeigh. Um, we love you. Thank you for everything that you do. We're sorry that you had to go through something like this, but you are the reason that he was caught. Um, which is again, a, a minor light, right? I mean, she never deserved to have to go through that, but at least it finally caught him. But that's still so amazing for her. Correct. Um, shortly after being arrested, for this crime, Long signed a formal Miranda waiver and consented to questioning. After the detectives procured a confession for the McVeigh case, their questioning moved to the series of unsolved sexual battery homicides that were still pending in the area. As the detectives began to question Long about the murders, he simply looked at them and replied, I'd rather not answer that. Again, at this point, he was only being questioned for the abduction and rape of McVeigh. When they brought up the murders because they sort of seemed like his M.O., um, he shut down and said that he did not want to answer that. The detectives continued the interrogation and handed Long photographs of the various murder victims. And at that point, Long stated, the complexion of things sure have changed since you, cut, since you came back into the room. I think I might need an attorney. No attorney was provided. And Long eventually confessed. You know what? You to, gotta love the 80s. <laughs> yep. And Long eventually Jesus. confessed to eight murders in Hillsborough County and one murder in Pasco County. Fiber evidence analysis by the FBI linked Long's vehicle to the majority of the victims. So at this point, he was very much caught good that's amazing um my my questions here are could they continue to hold him legally as he asked for a lawyer <laughs> did um, he get <clears throat> did he get released because they didn't legally get his confession somehow he did not okay because we're gonna go into what happened next all right 
the Hillsborough County uh, State Attorney's Office um, and the Public Defender's Office of Hillsborough County reached a plea bargain. Long pled guilty on September 24th, 1985 to eight of the homicides and the abduction and rape of Lisa McVeigh, receiving 26 life sentences without the possibility of parole, 24 concurrent, and two to run consecutively to the first 24, um, and seven life sentences um, with the possibility of parole after 25 years. The state retained the option to seek the death penalty for the murder of Michelle Sims. And in July of 1986, Long was found guilty of that murder and sentenced to die in Florida's electric chair. By the way, this saga does not end until 2019. So Shut up. Yeah. Um, although Long confessed to raping and killing women, his confession was thrown out. His trial proceeded straight to the penalty phase, uh, which was possible in the 1980s. In early 1985, he received the death penalty. So at the end of the day, again, they did throw out his confession. Good. So the one that you were talking about. Uh, however, remember what I said, fiber analysis tied mm -hmm. him to the victims. So even though his confession was no good because yeah. he had asked for... Um, an attorney and not given one, um, it looks like they found enough evidence that they were able to convict him. Perfect. Um, and again, he did receive the death penalty. Um, on February 24th, 1999, Long accused the Capital Collateral um, Regional Council, or the state office uh, defending death row inmates and their appeals, of revealing his private letters to a book author, thus validating attorney-client privilege. So apparently, the group that works on behalf of people sentenced to death, um, he accused them of selling his letters to an author who was going to publish a book. Uh, he also accused the agency of running what he called a death pool and betting on the dates um, on which inmates would be executed and asked that the agency be removed from his case. What? So again, his accusations... I mean, is there <laughs> is there any weight to these ac accusations? Um... Well, let's finish this last part. Then I want to break that down because that's some wild stuff. Um, there was an investigation that concluded that the allegations were unfounded. Okay. Long's petition for um, a writ of mandamus to require Bob Dillinger, the public defender for the Sixth Judicial Court, to relinquish possession and control of his file um, in State versus Long was denied. So okay. they managed to kind of hold on to it. Um, but again, I, I just want to throw out there what he was accusing them of because do you doubt that? Do you doubt that they actually did this stuff? Because I don't. I don't doubt it one bit. I I don't. Um, I don't doubt it one bit, and I I want to okay, know. Okay, well, here's the thing. When when was this again that he like did he all these accusations? He made the accusation in 1999. <clears throat> oh, definitely then, 110. <clears throat> percent If agree. it was more recent, I would have been like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I but... completely totally agree with you on that because when I read that, I was like, yeah, they definitely did that. But apparently, he accused them of selling his private letters to an author. Um, and having a death pool where they were all throwing in money on when someone would be executed. Uh, welcome to Florida. So um, here's the, 
Welcome to the 90s. Um, <laughs> here's my question regarding the letters. Was this book ever published? There are several books published. I don't know which one specifically because his, his letters, letters are can in them. be found. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> yeah, no, he was 100% right. I think he was correct. Oof. Yes. Um, I hate saying <laughs> that. It feels awful. Uh, but at the same time. Um, I mean, he did some pretty terrible things. I'm not like, if that's the worst that happened to him. Yeah. And I mean, it was after he was convicted, after, like, it was after everything, Correct, right? yes. Well, yeah, it was when he was a prisoner that well, he was making these accusations. And too, prisoners have rights, whether we like it or not. They um, don't have rights to kidneys, apparently. Correct, which is dark. Um, all right, so according to the Florida Department of Corrections, even after all of his appeals and his attempts to discredit um, the people who were working on his appeals... Because that's who he discredited, were, attempted to discredit, were the people working on behalf of him to appeal his, bet his death me, sentence. Bet me the problem here wasn't that they were like, man, we don't think this is going to do anything. And he was like, well, fine. Goodbye. Bye. Like, <laughs> I'll ruin your career. And yeah, then he didn't. That's, I mean, maybe. <laughs> it just seems so specific. Yeah. Like, the, what a weird thing to accuse them of unless you saw something that made you believe that or unless someone told you that's what was happening. So according to the Florida Department of Corrections, even after all of the appeals, even after the full process, Long was ultimately left serving one five-year sentence, four 99-year sentences, 28 life sentences, and the death penalty was never overturned. Flash forward to April 23rd of 2019. And this is going to bring up someone I don't think that you ever thought would come up on our podcast. But the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, signed Long's official death warrant. The first death warrant he had signed since taking office in January of 2019. Long's subsequent appeals were denied and he was executed by lethal injection on May 23rd of 2019, more than 30 years um, after his conviction. He ate his final meal at 9.30 a.m. local time and was pronounced dead um, at 7 p.m. Um, and made no last statement. He had no final words. What was his meal? I had it in here, but I took it out because it was so boring. This guy was very one note. Um, McVeigh did get to witness his death. Good for her. I love her. I, love I her like to her death. too. <laughs> I love her. Oh. Um, I'm going to go watch the movie. They made it in, I believe, 2019. It's a Lifetime movie. Um, and of everyone, course it's a Lifetime everyone movie. Everyone said it's good. Everyone was like, yeah. this is like legit good. Apparently it's I really good. I watch Hallmark movies all winter. Like, I don't have, I don't have a bar, Matt. <laughs> so all in all... Um, he has officially been tied to 11 murders, one attempted homicide, and countless charges of rape and assault. His murder... So here's here's what I have. Like, I'm bringing this up. Think about this. Mm -hmm. This was like the 80s, 90s, even the 70s. Like, this was... This was a time when people didn't report that kind of thing. Correct. So if he's been reported on how many of these, how many didn't get reported? Yeah. It's disturbing. And it's disturbing that he was caught for it twice and still managed to get out to the point where he could commit 11 murders. Because 11 is the total. 
So the names of the victims, we're going to go through them really quick. Um, Artis Ann Wick was 20, and she was killed on March 27th, 1984. Um, Nguyen Tai Long was 19, and she was killed on May 13th, 1984. Michelle Denise Sims was 22 um, and was killed on May 27th, 1984. Worth bringing up that that is the murder that got, that got him his death penalty. Um, Linda Newtall was 33. Um, she was assaulted on 1984, uh, sorry, in May 1984, but survived. Um, Elizabeth Laudenbach was 22 and was killed on June 8th, 1984. Vicki Marie Elliott was 21 and killed on September 7th, 1984. Chanel Devon Williams was 18 and killed on October 7th, 1984. Karen Beth um, Densfriend was 28 and killed October 14th, 1984. Kimberly Kyle Hops was 22 and was killed on October 31st, 1984. And between that murder and the next one was when he abducted um, McVeigh um, and, and she managed to escape. Um, he then went on to kill Virginia Lee Johnson, who was 18 on November 6th. Um, and uh, Kim Marie Swan, who was 21, was killed on November 11th, 1984. So if you notice something about him that got very, very scary, um, the first two murders were separated by almost two months. Then it moved to about two weeks. And then it went again to about a couple months um, and then it was almost every week, October 7th, October 14th, October 31st, November 6th, and November 11th. He was getting more and more and more um, active. Between which she was, McVeigh? It would be right here, between October 31st and November 6th, to, to what I've what I've read. So Okay. Yeah, within the same week. I wondered if that was the stressor. For the escalation, but it, it probably wasn't. Probably wasn't because the escalation started before yeah. that. Um, the escalation really started right here in October. I don't know what started pushing him, but it escalated quickly. He was going to get caught quickly at the rate he was killing. He was yeah. getting he was getting very sloppy with the way he was doing it. So um, I bring him up because um, he is actually the cousin of another famous serial killer, Henry Lee Lucas. He's a distant cousin of him, who I will be covering on my next episode. All right. So I look um, forward to it. That is all I have on him. I don't have much to say about this other than this is another example of a very preventable serial killer. He had every hallmark. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a checklist checked so hard. Um, I, I agree with that comment that I saw where someone said this might be like senior year high school, most likely to be a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. I, there's every warning sign was there. Every warning sign was there. It was, but did we at the time have a list of what the warning signs were? I'll give you that. Maybe that's what it is. But either way, he was arrested twice of raping dozens of women um, and was still allowed to... Uh, so the BAU or the Behavioral Analysis Unit with the FBI mm -hmm. was created and... Like, 
just started in 1985. Gotcha. So maybe maybe he was one of the catalysts for that. Who knows? Because, I mean, that, that would make a lot of sense. Well, a lot of his background and his story reminds me of Ed Kemper. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Yep. I thought about the BAU to start with because Correct. he was one of the serial killers that they interviewed. And by the way, we've got to do an episode on Ed Kemper. We should. We should absolutely do an episode on Ed Kemper. Um, like I said, next for me, Henry Lee Lucas. And then I have got a bizarre story out of Erie, Pennsylvania lined up too. So Sweet. I look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for listening. This has been Maine Corpse. You know where to find us. But yeah, you, you know where to find us. <laughs> You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most places where you can find amazing, fantastic, wonderful podcasts, but you also can listen to us. And you can contact us, if you would like to, at maincorpsepodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, talk to us through Facebook. Everywhere else, we're technically there, but we don't look at it much. All right, stay creepy, you freaking weirdos. Stay creepy, guys. (laughs) 